We're gearing up for another installment of The Optimistic Investor, the podcast that takes the often dry and uncomfortable discussion of money, investing, and retirement planning and makes it palatable, interesting, and relevant. The Optimistic Investor is sponsored by InTrack Investment Management with offices in Burlington and Norwich, Vermont. Stay with us. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining us today for another installment of The Optimistic Investor, the podcast that talks about finance and investing and retirement and the market and all of those other things that we all dabble in here and there at different degrees during our life. We're broadcasting to you from the beautiful green mountains of the state of Vermont, where we're patiently waiting for some more snow to come for those of us who are skiers and like to get outside and and play in the outdoors. I'm joined today by Myron Sofer, who's the managing partner of Intrac Investment Management. Good morning, Myron. Good morning, Dan. How are you doing up there in Burlington, Vermont? Well, we're uh, we're waiting for a little bit of snow uh, that'll arrive uh, apparently uh, Friday evening and uh, most of the weekend. So that's good. And uh, this is kind of a holiday uh, weekend for a lot of folks as well. So the the uh, ski trails will be uh, quite uh, quite uh, busy. Yeah, I'm glad to hear that there's some snow coming. It's um, it varies every day. When I look at my phone, it will say snow on Friday and then rain on Friday, snow on Friday. <laughs> And I did look, and I have an Epic Pass, which, of course, is good for Stowe and Okemo and Mount Sunapee in New Hampshire, at least around where we live. And looking at reservations, there were a few left on Saturday at Stowe, but Sunday was booked up solid. Well, we'll try to uh, put your name in there and uh, get you on the list, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> that would be great because you and I are overdue to go out and ski. Um, as we roll into the beginning of the year, and we see this almost every year. There are obviously times when people are paying more attention to their finances and times when other things in their lives take over. In the summertime, we really don't hear much from people. During the holidays, we don't hear much. But I've seen over the years that around the first of the year, people start thinking about their finances again and retirement, and they start visiting websites. They start uh, registering for email and all of those things. Do you find an uptick this time of year from people uh, looking for information or to talk to someone? Dan, you're right. Usually in the uh, beginning of every year, uh, folks are talking with their accountant or they're talking to their other uh, professional advisors, trying to figure out uh, first uh, how they get everything ready for uh, the April 15th uh, tax deadline. And then is there a a way for them to manage their affairs, uh, personal and otherwise, a little better than they uh, did in uh, the previous year? So New Year's resolutions uh, typically for folks uh, begin to gain in intensity during the month of uh, December and and January. But I caution so many folks in in that that enthusiasm uh, should be one that they carry through each and every month of the year. Uh, Typically, folks will uh, have those intense conversations because of the immediate need 
and uh, then it wanes and, and goes away. Uh, it's kind of like uh, getting oil changed in your car. Once you do it, you don't have to worry about it for three or four months, uh, depending upon how many miles you put on it. But investments uh, are items that people need to be uh, very um, involved with, aware of, and actively participate uh, in how those um, investments are, are doing uh, throughout the year, just not in uh, December and uh, January of every year. Well, that's an interesting point, and I can see what you mean. People have a need, an immediate need, a lot of times based on what their conversations are with their accountants um, for tax year end. But if somebody's paying attention more often and um, keeping apprised of what's happening with their own finances and the world of finance, what does that mean for them? In other words, what would you expect somebody to do on their own more often during the year? What can typically happen with uh, individuals that don't necessarily have an investment process is that the complexity of uh, the news that's uh, reaching them through various resources, uh, many folks uh, will uh, see their investments on their iPhone or on their uh, iPad or computer. Some folks keep them on during the day uh, as they're uh, working at their, uh, their company. Or if they're in retirement, uh, they'll keep it on during the day as well. And what happens uh, typically is that folks take this news um, and they take the events of the day and appear to be very reactive to them. As opposed to what uh, we do uh, at Intrac in terms of uh, being able to layer back and peel back the uh, the potato uh, or whatever you like to chew on and look at uh, the essence of what's going on in the marketplace. And that means being able to uh, take all of the noise out there and not necessarily be driven by it, but be driven by uh, your knowledge uh, of the market, your historical uh, perspectives of the market and your uh, business acumen and the experiences uh, here at Intrac that our partners and, and myself have had uh, over, the, uh, over the years. The, the information that's coming to people now is overwhelming. Uh, and the, the more you listen to it, the more involved you uh, are in uh, receiving the news from the media and other sources, the more confusing it may be if you aren't actively involved in the investment process on an ongoing basis. You, you tend to get bits and bytes of information when you turn on the resource and then uh, you turn it off for a few days and turn it back on again. And your mind can only assimilate uh, so much at a time. Uh, and it can be overwhelming and disconcerting for uh, most folks out there, which causes uh, sometimes a paralysis. Many folks went through the uh, mortgage uh, debacle that we had not too long ago. And then prior to that, the dot-com uh, debacle, uh, and we've had uh, three or four here in the last six years, it, it paralyzes folks. Uh, they become fearful of making a decision or making the wrong decision, particularly if they just retired and all of a sudden the market uh, drops uh, 20, 25%, uh, which it has. Uh, 
or they go through a, a March 23rd drop in the market this year. And uh, they were just retired for 12 months and uh, they see a, a massive decay in uh, their retirement funds and, oh, what to do? Um, and how do I get that money back now that I've lost it? How long is it going to take? Uh, because my time horizon now is much shorter than it was when I was 23 years old. Sure. Yep. That makes sense. And I think, you know, for a lot of people who like to pay attention to what's happening with the market, um, you know, we have various sources. And like you say, they're that you get bits and pieces of information. If you're somebody like me who likes to you know, listen to Mad Money and Kramer and all of that stuff, you know, you, you get information about the things that they want to talk about. And so, and then you tend to take action or at least have a mindset around the things that they talk about, which is not necessarily and probably not at all what your um, investment advisor is doing with your managed funds. And so certainly having the talk with somebody like you more often um, makes a lot of sense. You're right, Dan. And if you hear the same thing from the same source over and over again, um, it can uh, actually lead to making inappropriate decisions in your uh, investment uh, portfolio. So when I look at the market, I use multiple resources and uh, I do not use any one resource over another but what those resources uh, do, and you tend to learn after uh, 35 years of experience, which resources are more valuable than others. And uh, particularly in, in my uh, uh, experience, I reach out to individuals I've known in the very specific industries that I may be investing in, people that work for those companies, people that work in the field, people in sales and marketing. And uh, to give you an example uh, there was one firm uh, I contacted, and they manufacture uh, packaging and boxes. So use your imagination. If someone is uh, producing many more boxes and packages than they previously had, that indicates something may be happening in the marketplace. Or if you look at airlines and all of a sudden passenger uh, trips are increasing uh, demonstrably over time, what does that indicate? Or if you see uh, tractor trailer trips or railroad mileage begin to increase or airline mileage beginning to increase, what's driving that? What are the fundamentals uh, that are moving the data points? Uh, I recommend to so many folks to you know, take time with free, free uh, resources that are available in the marketplace because you and I are paying for them. So you can go online to the various uh, government uh, resources and look at uh, uh, the Beige Book uh, information that is regional in nature. You can look at uh, leading and coincident uh, indicators, uh, economic indicators that you and I pay for, uh, and you can go online and research those. And you can get a an idea uh, as to where things are going. So. I don't really care about what's happened in the past. What I care about is the future. And that's where I spend my time. I spend my time thinking three and five years out because I want to be in the spaces uh, that uh, the market may not uh, realize would be good places to be, number one, or good places not to be. Um, and I tell my clients uh, at any point in time, there's always the best place to be uh, in an economic cycle. And that's our job to put the client in those spaces. 
it's got to be um, very comforting for your clients to know that you're behind the scenes doing that. Everybody's different and you have people who are very interested in investing. On the other end of the spectrum, you have people that don't care at all. They're just happy to make sure that somebody's doing it for them. You know, you mentioned fundamentals and it sure seems like over the past year or so, and maybe more that the market um, is reacting not based on fundamentals, but on emotions. And of course, uh, this gets people riled up. And this time of year, when people are starting to focus and starting to get in touch and starting to visit websites and signing up for emails, what do you find that your clients are coming to you with for questions or comments or concerns? Clients today are very, very different than they were 15, 20 years ago. Clients are uh, actually uh, uh, full of information, uh, have information uh, fed to them, whether they like it or not. Uh, They receive information which they think they aren't impacted uh, by, and they are, whether they uh, want to admit it or not. And clients, if they're watching the information and reading, are are thinking today about renewable energy and the new administration. They're thinking about uh, solar power, uh, battery power backup systems for uh, for solar systems, uh, renewable energy as it relates to wind power, uh, geothermal uh, power. They're thinking about the microgrid. And many clients are looking at uh, the EV, uh, the electric uh, vehicle market, and are being inundated uh, not only from uh, a new stock offering uh, standpoint, uh, but from uh, the, the news media. Every other day, uh, you hear that, uh, that uh, Tesla is going higher, and then maybe it's not going to be as high as it should be. And then there was just a, a recall. Uh, and Tesla is not going to be alone in the future. They're going to have many, many competitors. Right now, they have eight or nine. Uh, seven of them are public already. So now what do you do? Um, you know, do you look at General Motors? Do you look at Ford? Um, you know, do you look at uh, uh, several of these other companies that have come uh, public in the last uh, 12 months? So they're, they're moved by that. They're also moved by the fact uh, that the new administration um, is probably going to uh, adjust uh, taxes for corporations. And now there's news out there that uh, maybe they'll think about uh, changing the tax structure for uh, small size, small cap businesses uh, to get them uh, up and uh, uh, running and, and uh, replenished, so to speak, after they've been through this pandemic. Um, so, you know, there, there are many opportunities for clients to, to think about, um, the new administration, for instance, infrastructure, uh, we know we need it. Um, and most folks out there would uh, concede that whether you're, uh, in one party or, or the other in, in Washington, you're probably going to agree on infrastructure. So, you know, we're beginning to see those particular stocks begin to move in the marketplace and the market is anticipatory, um, uh, and and a lot of people think there's bifurcation now between the political and economic situation and and the market. You know, if we have horrendous unemployment and a coronavirus, how is it possible 
that the market has have, has moved faster since March 23rd until now than it has in any other period of time since 1987 is pretty incredible. Um, and if you ask the average person on the street, uh, how are things going? Uh, most people are going to say not not too well. And then uh, they go and look at their 401k or their 403b, and it's at the highest levels they've ever seen. And they're asking themselves why. You know, last time we had this podcast, I talked to you about my optimism and, and what's on the front page of the Barron's issue uh, this week, but the case for optimism. And that's where we are. So the market is anticipating uh, that our gross domestic product will come back. Uh, financials will come back. And they already have started that path. And uh, the road to recovery um, is is going to take some time. Um, I just wrote a, a quick newsletter to some clients. And uh, I, I, I tell folks that supply chains uh, don't uh, come back that uh, quickly. It takes uh, time. And it takes more than uh, water uh, to throw on uh, inventory adjustments. You just don't throw water um, on inventories and hope that they grow overnight. Uh, uh, there has to be uh, strategic replenishment in our marketplace. Um, and you can see that even the difficulty we have in, uh, in distributing uh, you know, the COVID uh, drug on a national basis. It's the same type of thing uh, that can impact uh, supply chain. So we'll get it, we'll understand it, and it'll improve over time, but it, it won't happen in uh, two months. Do you find that when people contact you around the beginning of the year, based on all of the things you said, are they, I'm sure people are curious about what you think is going to happen with the market. You don't have a crystal ball, but you do a lot of research. And um, how many times, how often does somebody say, Myron, what do you think is going to happen with the market? Do we need to do things differently? Do we stay the same? Those conversations are ongoing during the year uh, with our clients. I, if the client doesn't bring it up, I bring it up uh, because I want to know what's on their mind and I want them to feel comfortable and, and value uh, the information that we share with them. So this is not a uh, one-time conversation uh, I've been on the phone already uh, this morning to four different clients uh, having this very uh, discussion and discussing uh, Roth IRAs, traditional IRAs, uh, taking advantage of the CARES Act uh, as we move forward. Um, and uh, it, it's, a, it's important, uh, again, uh, and to leave the thought with anyone that's listening out there, um, you, you have to have a process and you have to have a plan. You don't want to leave your financial matters to, uh, to chance and uh, limited probability. Um, if clients ask me, where's the market going? Uh, I think we're going to have volatility here in the future. I think our political situation is not going to be resolved uh, for quite some time. We have to find a way to bring the nation together. And now what's happening, and this is very important for people to understand, you're seeing Activision in corporate America unlike anything we have ever seen. So you watch the news in the next six months and see how active some of our largest corporations become in influencing uh, what happens not only in the marketplace, but with those in our society that uh, purportedly have leadership positions, but yet perhaps aren't leading in a correct or justified way. 
Sure. We certainly have seen that over the last week when several major corporations pulled their donation funding for uh, politicians who were going to back not recognizing the vote. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, and and, uh, I I think this year is going to be a a great year for the investor, and it's a great year for um, um, socially responsible investing. You're seeing more and more corporations get actively involved and becoming more responsible in the decisions that they're making uh, for their corporation. An example of this, uh, for instance, is uh, is Walmart and uh, their uh, goals uh, that they've announced on uh, on climate. Uh, they're saying that uh, energy from renewable sources in their company will will go to fifty percent by 2025 and by uh, 2025 recyclable reusable or combustible materials in uh, north american walmart private label products um, will go to 100 percent wow that's a short window too isn't it well and and they're saying that um, they will have zero carbon emissions by 2040 now isn't that that's walmart this is this hasn't happened, um, and nor has it been published like this um, uh, in, in the marketplace. But Walmart, like many, many others, uh, are beginning to understand that shareholder activism and the need to do something, not only in climate change, uh, but uh, wage parity. Uh, and you see it at Apple. You see it at Google. Uh, you see it at so many corporations. And it's going to be a coming together that I hope um, um, is a harbinger of change uh, for our political systems uh, as well. We, we just need to begin to do the right thing for our country, do the right thing for our, our economy, and begin to strategically think um, about uh, the growth of our economy and what are the best ways to get our people engaged in the process, engaged in, in democracy, and engaged in such a way that they feel a part of our uh, success. And I think it's evaded um, major segments of our population, and we need to turn it around. And I think the best way to turn it around um, is through uh, spending more time and effort on educating folks, um, educating folks on um, why decisions are important to make, Um, If you have scarce resources, what is the best way to use those resources Um, and to enable people um, more than we do now uh, to have a taste of uh, success that has been evasive for uh, so many. And it sure sounds like from the way you describe it, that socially responsible investing and impact investing where they have seemed at least for the casual observer, separate from the rest of investing, will be more melded together, hopefully anyway, as we move forward? Absolutely. It's, it's happening uh, uh, every day, and I, uh, I am, am happy to, uh, to be here in this business in this period of time to see the change. Uh, it's a wave of change. Uh, it is pervasive. It will hit every industry and every sector of the market because the shareholders and activism is going to be 
driving that purposeful uh, change. And how can we uh, be anything but good to one another? I tell folks, I mean, it's such a simple thing to, to say, but let, as we move forward in our society and decisions in corporate America, let's just do the right thing. Let's do what's good uh, for the environment. Let's do what's good for the consumer. And let's do uh, what's best for our uh, consumers um, and our shareholders. Sure. And they don't have to be mutually exclusive at all. We just have one planet to live on and, you know, we can be successful investors and still uh, make sure that we ensure the planet and the environment for generations moving forward, right? Oh, I agree. Uh, I agree, Dan. Yeah. Okay. Well, listen, Myron, it's really been a pleasure to speak with you uh, this morning. And um, as always, we walk away from our conversations with some optimism. And uh, that's why I always enjoy speaking with you. And so thanks a lot for joining us and we'll catch you another time. Great. Thank you so much, Dan. And uh, everyone have a, a great uh, 2021. Thanks, everybody. And thanks for joining us today for The Optimistic Investor. We'll speak with you soon. 